Hey, hey, thanks again for pressing play and welcome to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. I'm joined as always by my good partner in crime, Mr. Matthew Lissy. How you doing this evening, Matthew? Hey, doing good. What's going on? How are you? I'm doing good. It looks like uh, for those of you watching on the YouTube stream or on Facebook or on Twitter, uh, we both chose orange shirts today for some reason. Yeah, we did actually. I think this is my only orange shirt I have, but uh, it was clean. The last thing that was clean in my laundry, so that's what I went with. <laughs> is it clean? Because the last time you cleaned it was like eight months ago when you wore it to a game. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, dude. You're, I'll hey, finally that, get that, to this. That shirt you have on is that the one you stole from me in the t-shirt uh, cannon? Negative, dude. This is one that says it's our turn. Okay. Uh, Suns versus the Spurs. This is from the 2010 playoffs. I got this. Oh, when they when swept, we swept the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So that's this a good is a, one to keep, man. This is one of those old school shirts, if you will. So uh, yeah. re- respect it. I right? respect it. Going <laughs> going old school with this one. <laughs> so we just got finished watching the Eastern Conference Finals and the Celtics and the Heat play. Uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. Just wanted to remind everybody who's watching or listening to the podcast wherever you are to make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, if you're watching via YouTube, make sure you subscribe to that as well and hit the little bell. You you know it'll go off whenever we go live or something. Um, I'm not 100 sure how that works. Uh, Twitter, make sure you follow the uh, the Suns Jam session at Suns Jam on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and Twitter, and you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voita. No, 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 no. And you can follow Matthew on Twitter. All right. So it's Wednesday night. You know, we're doing these podcasts now just on Wednesday evenings once a week until the season, or at least the draft kind of. Uh, we have some guidance on to when that actually is going to occur. So we'll start to pick it up, do it probably twice a week again then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been a week since we've talked. So we're going to go over a few things. Um, there is a an article that was put out pertaining to Devin Booker and how he's a top three under 25. Another article talking about DA and his ceiling and kind of where would you kind of build your franchise around him uh, or, or whether or not you would. Uh, and then we'll obviously we'll share our thoughts on everything that's got kind of going on in the NBA as far as the Eastern Conference and Western Conference finals are concerned. Uh, but before I get into all that, Matthew, how's your day, man? How, how was oh, your Wednesday? It's good, man. It's like every other day. So it's kind of blends in with the other ones but wednesday is very special now because we are doing the podcast so i get super excited for wednesday you know i actually turn on the lights and open some windows in my uh, apartment you know get a little excited i'm not just oh in the nice park. get some airflow going in there and, <laughs> yeah. and you do laundry apparently yeah yeah i do once a week man <laughs> i still think it's funny we're wearing purple hats and orange shirts like god uh, i swear people else, that... i mean it's only two colors they have right <laughs> <laughs> the suns well yeah. you could go with their alternate black uh yeah or have a white sun shirt that's the one i stole from you was the white sun shirt the white one yeah that's the white one yeah. yeah yeah that was it well oh wait how talk... you, how's your day going sorry i uh, never ask you so i, I don't apologize. No, nobody cares and that's okay <laughs> it's wednesday you know uh, just getting through the week as, as per usual. Um, but this is the best part of the week because I get to sit here with my friend, talk some suns, get a drink of beer. Look at this. I got a, even though we're doing this at night, this is a yes. Lagunitas daytime. Yes. Uh, it tastes got just like carbs. regular Lagunitas. Yeah, uh, it's not that good. But go ahead, pop it well, open. Let, well, let's crack <laughs> it open and talk suns, baby. So we'll get into our thoughts on the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals. But you know what? The Suns aren't in either of those. And I want to talk about some other things that are going on in Suns land, if you will. Uh, There was an article that Hoops Hype put out earlier this week. And it said NBA execs poll. um, Essentially, they asked 25 or I'm sorry, 15 different NBA talent evaluators, including four GMs, six executives and five scouts. And they were just trying to find out what are the top players under 25 that they build around and why? And I thought Mm -hmm. that that was kind of an interesting thing to do, especially right now as we're getting ready to go into draft season and free agency as we prepare for the 2021 season. Uh, I think it's safe to say that's going to be the 2021 season. It's not going to be a 2021 season, right? Yeah, correct, man. Um, But it's a great list though, right? I mean, it's, it's crazy when you go through this list and you're looking at these guys, you're just like, wait, they're only that old. Like, especially Jamal Murray. You think the guy's older than 23, but he's only 23, dude. And it's like, he is undoubtedly maybe a top three in this list. But uh, 
we'll go down and just see what whether we agree or whether we don't agree on this. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll start with uh, number 15 was Carl Anthony Towns, which I thought was kind of appropriate. You know, the, the interesting thing is you go through these lists of under 25 guys is like you said, oh, man, I didn't realize this guy was how young or how old or whatnot. Uh, but, but also like you see the bias of these guys who used to be really up high on these lists and somebody like Carl Anthony towns, who's now 24 years and 313 days. So he's almost 25, how his, his star has kind of shined less and less as his career has gone on. Still a great talent and somebody you want as part of your team, but no longer somebody that you're technically going to, going to build around. Right. Yeah, that went. That was really quick. How it went from him being the greatest player in the planet, the unicorn. Now it's just somebody else. So I feel like Jimmy Butler kind of hurt his ego, hurt his like kind of like basically hurting any anybody else that wants to go play with him. Besides the Angelo Russell, besides the best friend, it hurts those chances of someone else is like, you know what? I saw how it worked out with Jimmy. Maybe it's because Jimmy was actually playing in Minnesota, so that had something to do with it. Maybe because of that reason. But I think it's just Cat, his work ethic. Maybe it's something like that. But it's hard to live that down. But he he can make up for it this upcoming season with D'Angelo Russell. Absolutely. But that's why Jimmy Butler wanted to leave there. I mean, he's a work ethic kind of guy. And yeah. I think that, you know, you look at Carl Anthony Towns and maybe D'Angelo Russell kind of falls into that as well. And we'll find that out. But that's definitely why Jimmy Buckets wanted out of there. They just didn't have the same kind of work ethic and attitude. You look at his classmates, if you will, uh, Dev Booker being one of those. And I don't get that vibe from D book at all. Do you like, no, no work ethic. Like that guy is, he, no, he puts the work in. Yeah. He, he's definitely more, uh, Jimmy buckets. And, uh, I think a lot of these guys on this list, I mean, you saw it in the bubble, the way he played. It's like, he honestly, of course he made the top three in this list for that reason. You can see that he's going to dominate at the end of the game. And he does so much for his team. Carlton to towns puts up the stats, but does he give the team, pumped up and ready to go and play like booked it in the bubble. And I don't think he does, but I mean, we'll see. It's going to be a new season. Things turn around so quickly in the NBA where he'll be like the best player again next year. Maybe be first team all, uh, all NBA. You never know what these things. Yeah. So I think he's appropriately at the bottom of this list at number 13, number 12, De'Aaron Fox, who's almost 23 yeah. years old. He's 22, close to 23. I think that's appropriate. Uh, 11 Jalen Brown, um, if there's anybody in here you want to talk about, just pop right in, all right, Matthew? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Jalen Brown, almost 24. Brandon Ingram, number 10 at 23 years old. And again, these are guys that you want to yeah. build your build your franchise around. And like when I go through kind of those three guys right there, De'Aaron Fox, Jalen Brown, Brandon Ingram, definitely guys I'm all for having on my team. Definitely guys I'm not building my franchise. Yes. Around, right. Exactly. Yeah. That is perfect. You put it perfectly. Because basically, Brandon Ingram. Angelina Brown and Darren Fox, I could see as even a third guy, the third best guy on a team. Of course, you would want to have him on your team, but honestly, if you're looking at Brandon Ingram, the most improved player of the year, I just, I can't see him. I can't see myself being excited if he's like the head of the franchise, a guy that we're wearing his jerseys and we're excited for him to take over a game and all that because we really didn't get to see that that much with the Pelicans. Um, so I don't, I don't really see that with him, but if he's the number two or number three guy, I'd be very happy with that. Agreed, 110%. Now, what's interesting is the next three guys on the list on this list, I feel are guys that you could build a franchise around. Number nine is Ben Simmons, 24 years yes. old. It's still, you know, it's crazy to think that he's been drafted, he's been out for a season, he's played a few seasons, I mean, and he's still under 25. He's somebody who you could potentially build a franchise around, correct? Definitely, dude. And I kind of feel like maybe he can be up or up on the list a little bit more. Um, but he's some guy I love. And if we had him like on the Suns, if it was if it was Ben Simmons, Devin Booker, and DeAndre, and if that just somehow happened, he can be the number one guy out of those three. And that's what you want from this list. And it's some guy where he'll go number one in every draft. If he comes out again, some guy just like him in the NBA draft, you want to draft this guy number one because he's someone you want to build around. Yeah, I I think that if the Suns had him, you'd build around his skill set primarily. And that's what it comes down to with these guys. Do they have the skill set that makes you want to go ahead and build your team around them? Um, yeah. You look at the next guy on the list, and it's Jamal Murray. I don't know if you necessarily would build a team around him, but he's a definite number two guy. And as he's proving in the Western Conference Finals. 
yeah, yeah. He needs the he needs a team around him. That team he has around him though is just so great um, from top to bottom. A lot of guys you can't stop, but he honestly is just proven himself. And this list came out. It's like, oh, why is he so low on the list? Because he's in the playoffs right now. Might make the NBA Finals. Who knows? But if he does, honestly, of course, he'd be like number one on this list. But with the help of the team he has, he is succeeding in that position. I don't know if I would be very excited to have this guy as my number one. I would love him beside Devin Booker. Um, and Booker would be the number one role, but um, yeah, Jamal Miller, he or Jamal Miller, <laughs> Jamal Murray, he's a killer, man. He, I love to watch that guy play, amen. And then number seven on the list is a 20 year old Zion Williamson, and obviously, that's uh, somebody that the New Orleans Pelicans are building their franchise around. I mean, he is a phenomenal talent, I think he's a little heavy, I think it's somebody who I don't know if I necessarily want to build my franchise around, but definitely someone who I'd like to be a part of my franchise, right. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, the the injury thing's a little bit scary. Maybe we can, we'll agree on that. Yep. Um, but if he's going in the draft, you got to draft number one. Yeah. Oh, if you if you knew how the season would end, the way John Morant played and Zion played, how he didn't play and how he looked heavy, would you still pick Zion number one over John Morant? Unfortunately, I think you have to. Me personally, I'd I probably so pick too. John Morant because I'm uh, more of the on the John Morant camp. But I'm typically on the camps that nobody agrees with. Like when everybody wanted eight and I wanted Luca <clears throat> too soon. But I yeah, still right. think that <laughs> I, that you have to go with Zion because of the upside there. I think that yeah. what he proved since he's about 13 years old is this guy is an out of this world talent. He's Charles Barkley esque. And he has the work ethic to prove it, too. It's not like he's like a lazy big dude. He's somebody who's always proven that he wants to go out there and dominate and have a good time doing it. So you put all those factors together, and it's really tough to take him over John Morant. I personally would take John Morant just because I'm always more of the point guard type. It's funny. When you talk about like the Arizona Cardinals, I'm always like draft defense. And whenever it comes to like the Suns, I'm like, get a point guard. Like it's I, I don't know what it is, but that's just yeah. kind of the the side I normally lean towards. It's because the Cardinals never had a defense, and then yes. the Suns haven't had a point guard in a while. Oh, we've Maybe always had why. point guards. Well, not in 10 years, but <laughs> no, not in 10 years. So <laughs> before we get to the top five, I do want to bring up something that somebody uh Todd Jacobson brought up in the Facebook chat. He said, MJ didn't make his first all NBA team until he was 24 and his first championship. It wasn't until he was 28. Is it fair to write these guys off when they are so young, Matthew? That's what we're supposed to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? That way. Okay. We write them off now. And then they have the doubters that way when they're winning awards, when they're winning the championship, they can say, Hey, I had all you guys say I couldn't do it. But look at me now. That's the reason people do this is because we write these lists and then they look at these lists. The players love to look at these lists and they can go off of that and motivates them. It's just like a, it's a vicious circle and it motivates them. If it doesn't, then they're out of the league soon. Yeah. I want them standing on the podium and be like, you know what? The sun's jam session fucking yes. didn't give me any love back on uh, September 23rd, yeah. <laughs> 2020 and that's why i did this no i think that when you look at these lists unfortunately we live in a world of lists uh there's a million writers out there and they're just constantly making lists and comparing guys and it's really hard to compare and contrast people and their skill sets mm -hmm. uh and i wouldn't say that we're writing these guys off necessarily every one of these guys on here is talented i would definitely want as a part of my team I, the the topic of discussion is primarily who would you want to take out of these guys to build around so i'm not necessarily writing them off i'm just saying if i had to pick one of these guys to build my team around. These are the yeah. guys that, I, that I'm going to go ahead and do it around. So yeah, thank even you for the though, question, Todd. Yeah, they're, they're players that they want to be the guys. So, I mean, it helps us to doubt them in a little bit. Just it helps them along the way. Yep. All right. So here we go. Number five, Donovan Mitchell. Oh, you miss, you miss Bam out of the bio. Oh, no, number, number six. six. I'm sorry. Yeah. Bam out of bio. Sorry. Yeah. I no, love right. Bam out of bio. No. Yeah. Everyone does. I think, uh, especially now after this last season, it could be like, yeah, I can, I don't know if he would be, would he be a guy to build around though? I mean, he's fantastic. I just think like it's I the same like, reason I think that Aiton isn't on the list because Aiton, you know, right now in the NBA, they don't know what to do with centers. And like Carl Anthony Towns is on the fringe of this and he's, you know, a, a center who could shoot the three ball had an unbelievable clip. So the guys who made this list probably yeah. didn't include Aiton for the, well, that reason. They, they put Aunt Bam out of bio up there because he's probably one of the most talented centers, young centers, obviously in the league. But I still like, I don't know if I could build around him. But I know it takes they take they, long, 
dude okay so the center position it takes longer to develop right we gave alex lynn five years and he yeah. turned out fantastic but no they honestly do they they take longer to develop dude so that is the main reason you're not going to see them on these lists because when they hit their peak it's like 26 27 it's like oh look at like that's what we're seeing right now you know we're seeing uh nikola Jokic or whatever his freaking yes. name is Jokic, like he, I mean, he's not on this list, of course, but he's older. It took him a while to establish the name. That's just the way it is with bigger guys. Yeah, it takes a little bit to understand how to utilize their bodies in the space provided in a league that is constantly changing. So it is a little bit tougher. But Bam Adebayo, given his physicality and, and more importantly, his attitude. I think that's what makes Bam such a great player and somebody who you could potentially build around because he's got that fire and aggressiveness that you need to be successful at the center position, yes, he does. which is one of the issues that we have with DeAndre Aiden. He's got the, he's got the physical tools. He doesn't have kind of what's going on in between the ear tools, if you will. All right. So yeah, number five, 24 years old, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I didn't realize he was that old. Me neither. Honestly, if you were to ask me, I'd say 23. Just right, exactly. like right there. <laughs> yeah, 20, 22 or 23. I mean, he's been in the league yeah. for three years. I thought he was a one-dunner. I uh, guess not. I don't really yeah, know his no, whole story, was. nor do mm-hmm. I really care. Yeah, he, but he's so much better than people think. I know there's always that comparison between him and uh, Devin Booker, but honestly, this dude, like, he kills it on the court. He really has. He's learned a lot. He's matured a lot. He has that fake energy that I don't like where he's just yeah. like, pumping himself up and yelling at himself. It's like, I don't, I don't like to see that too much but besides that man the guy can tear it up and i i think it's a good spot for him on this list mm-hmm. all right number four john ja morant 21 years old number three yeah, devin booker almost 24 number two jason tatum 22 number one obviously luka Doncic, 21 yep. so i'll go over that list one more time again this is from hoops hype and this is their list of uh what 15 NBA talent evaluators said are the top uh, players under 25 that they build around. And number one, Luca. Number two, Jason Tatum. Number three, D-Book. Number four, John Morant. Number five, Donovan Mitchell. Number six, Bam, Autobio. Number seven, Zion. Number eight, Jamal Murray. Number nine, Ben Simmons. Number 10, Brandon Ingram. Number 11, Jalen Brown. Number 12, De'Aaron Fox. Number 13, Carl Anthony Towns. So now that we've gone through that list, uh, I'll ask you this to start. Who is underrated on this list? Who's not properly rated, in your opinion? I think Carl Anthony Towns. I think he needs to be higher, honestly. I think he is a guy you can still build off of. I know we just gave him crap, but I think he can put him in front of like Brandon Ingram or Jalen Brown just because he can turn his career around that quickly to where he can put up stats and all, all of a sudden have a mediocre team around him. That would be good enough to see, like, hey, just put some more pieces around him. This guy's a great building piece or a centerpiece. And I think that that's my guy. I feel like that could just probably be up on this list a little bit more. See, you're doing that. So in five years from now, he's like, hey, you know the reason I joined the Phoenix Suns? It's because I was listening to the Suns Jam Session podcast on September 23rd, 2020. And Matthew Lissy was pumping me up. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to Phoenix. I see, I see, I see what you're doing there, Matthew. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading right through you. Speaker. Uh, yep. Yeah, I, I dig it. All right, so who's overrated on this list? Overrated? I don't know. This one's kind of tough. I think... No, it's not. Maybe Jason Tatum in the way. Bam. But I'm I'm really weird about Jason Tatum. I just he he's killing it tonight in the second half, but he is the guy, seriously, where he can go from like the greatest player ever to overrated so quickly. So I just don't know where to put him on this list. I would have put him in the middle. Yes. I would have put a few guys ahead of him that are on top of him. Um, that's the guy I think is just a little bit overrated on this list, man. I think he's drastically overrated, and I don't want to go into my whole anti-Jason Tatum rants. I think I did that on the last podcast. Uh, I just don't understand him. Uh, he, he reminds me kind of of Devin Booker like two or three years ago where Devin Booker just made decisions in games where you're, you just you shake your head. I mean, Devin Booker was averaging a ton of turnovers a couple seasons ago, and mm-hmm. they were just dumb turnovers. It wasn't like what he's doing now. Cause if you look at Devin Booker, now his turnovers, if you look at B ball index, uh, his turnovers are essentially occurring on really high risk passes. Like it's not dumb stuff. Like he threw it out of bounds. It's like he's going high risk, high reward on his passes. And that's how Devin Booker's evolved his game. And Jason Tatum, again, it's like, there's like three minutes in the Eastern conference game. What for tonight? And I mean, he's just making dumb passes, running into guys, getting offensive fouls, kind of doing stuff like that to where he's not somebody I necessarily would want to build my organization around. I feel like John Morant is somebody who should be higher on this list, 
but I think it should be Luca number one, and I'll take Devin Booker at number two. You know, he's number three, and 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 let's start here. You know, after we get twenty minutes into the podcast, Booker being number number three out of uh, all these players under twenty five to build your franchise around on some you know hoops hype uh, website is awesome. Seeing his, you know, na- that's that national exposure that we've been waiting for that the bubble provided. These are the little things that we're going to start to see that we've talked about multiple times about what happened in the bubble and why it's so important for Phoenix. Because in the past, he'd be number eight or number 10. And we'd be sitting here be like, are you shitting me? Like yeah. hit him or De- uh, Donovan Mitchell? Like, no way. It's like, uh, you know, Jamal Murray better than him. No way, you know. But now that he, we've had some success in the bubble, it's really been fun to see things like this occur. He has he's got the attention of the of the national media and, and then everything else is going to kind of uh, follow around there. But again, I think that Jason Tatum is just overrated in this list. And I love the fact that Devin Booker is, uh, I feel correctly slotted at three. I'd maybe say two. Would you say he's correctly slotted? I think three is good. I think maybe you can put a few people ahead of him. Maybe even John Morant. I know it's tough to say John Morant's a rookie, but you saw a lot from that dude. I mean, to have him almost, they should have made the playoffs, Memphis Grizzlies. So I think that puts him ahead. But honestly, of course, like what you said with Booker and the Suns in the bubble, their play, that just helps so much. I don't even think he would have cracked the top 10 if we didn't have the bubble play. Um, but honestly, you can see it, dude, even though they played against a lot of bench warmers in the bubble to get those wins and stuff. But who wouldn't want to play with this dude, dude? He's not. He's not over dramatic. He doesn't complain a lot really anymore as mm-hmm. much as he used to. He's not a baby anymore as much. And he's just like a guy that I feel like can bring so much to the team, just literally like from his playmaking, um, shooting, of course, and just motivation to the players. I think they, they'll they follow this guy. That He's a guy you can follow. He's Kobe Bryant-esque without the mm-hmm. attitude and the bitchery and all that. I'll, rest in peace. I'm sorry. That was actually kind of rude. But he, no, he is he is that. I'm just saying like he is the guy I feel like the team will love to be around. And that matters a lot, dude. Big time. And I think that that culture that we're building here in Phoenix is going to attract those potential free agents, which we've talked about numerous times. And again, things like this, it might not seem like much. You know, Devin Booker making some random hoops hype list. It does matter. These are the little things that allow your organization to get some validity and make people want to eventually come here. Um, is there anyone on this list that you would build, have the Suns build around uh, that isn't named Devin Booker? Uh, Luca, <laughs> of course. <laughs> the dumb question. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, of course, of course, it's cool. Luca, right? Well, well, here's one from uh, the chat on YouTube. Thank you for watching on YouTube. Uh, Carts took that W. Said Trey Young. Trey Young's not on this list. That's that makes, strange, right? That, that makes me happy because I'm a tr- I'm a known Trey Young basher ever since he's overrated in every fucking aspect of basketball ever. I, I still love Trey Young, but honestly, it's because they're not winning. I mean, they're honestly their worst team, Phoenix, and then whatever Phoenix did in the bubble, that's the only reason Booker made top on this list. So if Trey Young was in the same position, he would have been top on the list too. It's just he's not winning right now. Exactly. Couldn't so have it's good to say that it's myself. good to say that about another player besides a Suns player. So yeah, it's we've been saying that about Suns players for far yes, too long. For a long time. All right. So good old Bleacher Report put out an article that said NBA players who could become stars by next season. And this was uh, written by Mandela Namaste. And number one on his list was DeAndre Ayton. So kudos to, uh, you know, here's another article where sons are getting a little bit of love. Uh, what yeah. are your thoughts on DeAndre Ayton um, taking number one on this list? And truly, what are your expectations for DA? You know, we're, next season, we're starting yeah. to get to that point where our eyes are starting to drift away from what happened in the bubble. Okay. That was over a month ago. Uh, the next season is going to be right around the corner. The NBA finals start next week. We're going to go into draft. We're going to go into free agency, but it's now start time to start really thinking as we look forward into 2021, who this team is going to be. So it's going to be fun kind of filling, filling out all those uh, blocks and seeing how uh, James Jones builds this franchise, but what yeah. our expectations are for specific players. So I'll start there. What is, are your expectations for DA in 2021? Man, honestly, it's improving, improving a little bit. But what I love to see um, from what I've seen in the playoffs from Bam out of the bio is he's a guy that finishes plays. He has a high IQ on the basketball court. That's where I want DeAndre to, you know, continue to improve. I think he has a hard time finishing plays, being in the right spots, throwing down the lobs, not being in the right position. That's something I see Bam do every play. And I think Aiden has a lot to do with 
or he can be what Bam is, a mixture between him and like what AD can be. I said that last podcast, which is so true. If he can if he can improve on that, I would love that. I would just the IQ of the game, and I think that's gonna happen. And honestly, his his stats are there, everything is there. Once the team is winning, he'll never like really be in the beginning of the season, I think the guy he'll he'll continue to improve if he can stay healthy and not be suspended that would be great too not get suspended that's another one but honestly dude i think the thing that we can all do to help him is just accept his personality accept the way he plays like you mentioned before where in between the years he's not the way bam is yet but this is the way deandre is and it's kind of the way Shaq was Shaq had that weird personality where it's just like you have to deal with her you can't kobe couldn't deal with it kobe kicked him off the team because kobe didn't want him there and honestly there's a book coming out did you see that the three ring circus with yeah it's pretty cool. I want to read that, but it's a lot about just Kobe not accepting the personalities of others. And I think that's why we have Devin Booker here. Devin Booker is the guy that can accept DA in his personality. As long as he's productive on the court, I don't think he gives a crap the way he acts and the way he is off the court. So I think that's going to be huge just from us helping DeAndre and improve by just accepting him. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said winning. DA's already putting up the stats. I mean, is he putting them up in the way that we always necessarily enjoy? No, he's kind of that second half player. He kind of finishes the game out. He comes out in the first half and he's tentative. He's trying to figure out the game for himself. To your point, he's he, he's thinking. You can see him thinking sometimes and sometimes it can be infuriating and frustrating. But as he's progressing and you go into next season, he's going to continue to put up those stats. And at the same time, the Suns are going to start to win. And then all of a sudden those stats, they're going to be on Sports Center. You know, 18 and 12, somebody gets 18 and 12, it's a big deal. Not when the Suns do it because they look, they, yeah. you know, it's a loss. But if he's doing it in a win, all of a sudden they're like, hey, look how salt. Oh, yeah, this is the guy who went ahead of Luka Doncic. Yeah. All of a sudden he'll start <laughs> yes. to get that love. And his defense is going to improve as well. Oh, that was yeah. the funnest part about this year, this year is even when he was gone for 25 games and came back and we got to see a muted version of DeAndre Ayton. He improved his defense. He's continuing to learn how to play this game and play it well. And his athleticism, I think, is absolutely huge, as you know, much akin to him as we go into next season to help uh, progress his ceiling. You know, you got to ask that question from time to time. Is the NBA truly moving away from the dominant big man? And, you know, it's like yes and no, right? Well, it's no to me. I've always just these questions. I just piss them away, dude. There's no reason to even answer them because, like I said, it's positionless basketball. The best player on the court, and you you hit it on the head too. I think we say that a lot. You hit the nail on the head. You hit the head on the nail. All that, but honestly, it has a lot to do with just him learning, and that is perfect. Because the more he learns the game, he's already a huge dude. Doesn't need to build any more muscles. I I think he has all the tools, the personality, all of that. As long as he's learning, my voice cracked a little bit. I kind of talked over it. Um, as long as he's learning, he is honestly gonna be. He's gonna be the guy Ryan McDonough is gonna tweet about in two years. Be like, oh, see this guy when we're in the playoffs and we beat the Mavericks. Oh, it's like this is why I took him in ahead of Luka Doncic. It's that mm-hmm. reason because he's gonna improve. He just needs time. No, I completely agree with you there. Uh, time is on our side when it comes to DA too, because we have him under contract uh, for the next few years. So we get to watch his maturity and his growth. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, when you talk about a dominant big man, how, how close to Nikola Jokic do you think DA's archetype kind of is? Do you think he's going that route? Dude, no. I Jokic is such a weird thing. I don't I don't even know. I think the passing, I've always said I think DA can be a great passer, but Jokic's game is just like kind of just like, you know, um, just like flubber or like something going through the cracks of a door, just making its way through the game. That's the way Jokic plays. And I think honestly, well, he's super skinny now, which is great and awesome. And I love Jokic. I just don't think you can compare him to Jokic or a lot of players right now. I think his his ceiling for me is like what Anthony Davis and Bam Adebayo are together. That's what I think DA can be. But to to say he can be like Jokic, I mean, what do you think? I mean, his passing is going to be there, but what else do you see in Jokic that DA might like obtain? The three-point shot. I think that one yeah. thing that Jokic does extremely well is has the ability to shoot the three-pointer, not overly effectively. He's a 30% uh, percent from downtown, you know, 30 to 35%. So I definitely think that if he's uh, shooting those with some efficiency, it stretches his game more. I think he's obviously more athletic than Jokic. Jokic's body control is what makes him mm-hmm. so dangerous. I mean, he he has the ability to shoot that Larry Bird slash Dirk Nowitzki-esque yes. 
you know, kind of one on one foot fadeaway shot that's really hard to defend. That's something that DA is not going to have the ability to do. But I think where he's very similar than with uh, Jokic is the fact that he he goes to the hole and he's not overly aggressive. Like Jokic is just caring about the two points. He's not trying to put you on Sports Center. He's like whatever he's got to do technically sound yes. to get that ball in the hoop. He's going to do. And I think that's where DA is going to continue to progress. And and you hit the nail on the head, Matthew, when you said that. <laughs> You know, we need to accept him for who he is. And that's what we have to do. You know, we want those highlight dunks. We see him on occasion where there's an alley oop and he barely jumps off the ground, but he throws it down. And you're just like, you know, you, you, you get up and you just, you know, you get jacked. And that's not necessarily who he is. We got to appreciate the fact that this guy is a fantastic shooter from uh, the mid range, a guy who's made some threes now, a guy who you can rely on in crunch time making free throws. Is he a guy who goes out there and gets the contact? No, not yet, but maybe it's something he'll learn. But he's somebody who can shoot the ball, and we have to appreciate that. And I don't know why we've gone on this whole DA uh, tangent, but I think it's as we look towards next season, we need to start looking yeah. at these players and see how they progress. You know, I'm with Suns Geek in the chat on YouTube. I believe in DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, I do too. Honestly, if you look at his stats second year compared to, compared to AD, they are very similar, but DeAndre Ayton's a more efficient scorer already. So yes. slow the ball down, get to your spots on the floor and just put the ball in the hoop. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> just get that ball in the hoop. That's all we need. Uh, before we get on to our next one, uh, real quick, Todd in the chat, uh, DA looks too comfortable at times and coasts at times. I think he would do better playing in a different city where he didn't go to high school. What do you think about that, Matthew? I don't know. I mean, I don't understand it. <laughs> I think... I think accept him, for, accept him for who he is. No, I get exactly what Todd's saying. You know, oh, DA yeah, again, like we like we said, like, you know, I, I was mentioning earlier in the first half, he's figuring the game out. He's letting, because yeah. he's not the primary guy, because we don't need him to go out there and score 35 a game, he comes out, he feels it out a little bit. You know, and I think Todd's point is like, hey, you know, maybe if he was in unfamiliar settings, he'd play better. I'll tell you what, he was in unfamiliar settings in Orlando and he played like DeAndre Ayton does. He's pretty consistent in the way that he performs. He just kind of lackadaisical in that first half trying to figure it out. And then the second half, either he pumps himself up a little bit or Monty does a really good, good job coaching. Be like, okay, now that we've figured out uh, what defenses are trying to do, let's adjust and allow DeAndre, De- allow DeAndre Ayton to open himself up. Yes. Right, That's exactly thing. what I was going to say. Yeah, go ahead. I, I know. I know. <laughs> telekinesis. Telekinesis between us two here. Um, next thing I wanted to talk about real quick is NBA Free Agency 2020. Uh, there was an article that was put out by Greg Patutu. Patutu? Yeah, it's Patutu. I'm going to go with Patutu. And he says that he's looking at the three early destinations for unrestricted free agent Montrell's Harrell. Okay, and he says the Charlotte Hornets, the Toronto Raptors, and number one on his list was the Phoenix Suns. He said the Suns are a team that immediately jumps out when thinking about destinations for Montrose Harrell. Phoenix is at a point where they need to add some solid players to their roster, and that is what Harrell is. Harrell is a player who takes over the paint. Yes, the Suns already have that with DeAndre Ayton, but Harrell would add another dynamic to the team. Devin Booker and Harrell would be an elite duo running the pick and roll. What are your thoughts on that, Matthew? Yeah, I want this guy bad. I think you can pay him. What do you What do you think he'll make? Twelve to fifteen a year? I think yeah. you pay him. No, he's a bench player, dude. He'll come off the bench. He'll play alongside DA if he needs to. He'll play the center position. He gives hustle. Uh, six man of the year awards. Eighteen points coming off the bench. Um, I'm not even reading these stats. It's just from memory. And yeah. honestly, I, I <laughs> this is a guy I truly want. I think he'll be a perfect fit. He's a, he got the toughness. I think it's a real toughness with this guy. But honestly. I love the fact, I don't know if you heard about this, but Paul George and how the team kind of in LA are not believing in him. They don't want to come back because they want to get paid. If he wants to get paid, he has to go somewhere else. And I think Phoenix is the best destination to where he can play with players he believes in. I think Booker is a perfect fit with him. Even though he's coming off the bench, he's going to be a starting, he can play the four and play the five, which is exactly what we need. And I, I just, I would be, I would love this if we get this guy. I completely agree. I think, you know, when you ask that initial question, what will he get paid? And that's kind of the big question out there. I asked asked and just kept moving on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, but no, I mean, you had your points to make and and it gave me a little time to think. Uh, He made $6 million these past two seasons. He he signed a two-year extension for $12 million with the Clippers. And to your point, he's going to be leaving LA. There's no doubt in my mind about that. They have too much money tied up in uh, Kawhi and Paul George. 
the culture there isn't probably very productive following, you know, your superstar saying, you know what, I didn't want to win this year. I'm going to wait till next year. I'm clearly paraphrasing, but I think that he's going to want to go somewhere where he's appreciated and he's properly paid. Therein lies the question, you know, 12 million. I think he's a kind of guy who will sign either another two year, uh, like $30 million contract. So 15 million a year, maybe a one-year deal because we don't know what's going to go on with free agency and the cap and things of that nature at the end of the season. How do you think he fits into the team though? Cause you know, they're talking about taking up the paint, running the pick and roll with Harrell and Devin Booker. I mean, I like the Devin, I, I like Ricky Rubio and, and Deandre Ayton doing the pick and roll. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how the dynamic fits. I mean, he's obviously the right attitude kind of guy, but is he somebody that you can see actually working within the confines of the offense? Yes, yes. I mean, he does everything we want from a backup center. There's not. I mean, he doesn't shoot the three, but who cares, dude? I mean, this guy's gonna put in a great minutes. What he's so consistent. It's like it's like basically getting um, Rashawn Holmes, but 2.0 version, 10.0, like the better yeah. version of Rashawn consistent all year long dude he's gonna he's gonna be worth the money i really think so and i think over a lot of the free agents i think this is the guy you have to go and try to land i'm i'm a big montrez harrell fan uh card took that w in the chat said rather have christian wood uh the issue i feel like christian wood is he's he's gonna be too expensive harrell's somebody who you could actually bring in for 15 million dollars a year or maybe a two-year deal and he'll play off the bench christian wood's gonna be a starter and you're gonna have to completely, so. yeah, and you're gonna have to completely change your offense because he is somebody who's gonna operate in the paint, and that's where DeAndre Ayton needs to feast and live. Harrell's somebody who you can bring in and essentially spell DeAndre Ayton because we don't have a five, we don't have a backup. Aaron Baines is gone. I don't know who that backup five is gonna be, but I think that Montrose Harrell coming in who can play that five off the bench and a four at times when DA's in there, I think gives us uh, a better chance and, and a more dynamic offense and defense, really. Yeah, well, would you rather have him or Ibaka? If we were going to pay them the same amount of money, who would you rather have? Probably Montrezl Harrell because he's younger. Ibaka has had some injuries in his career. He's at the back end. He's at the twilight. He's walking to the sunset. And uh, I'd rather have Montrezl Harrell because, you know what, maybe he comes here, he likes it here, and we can get a veteran discount next time his contract's up, maybe. Maybe. Here's something I found interesting, though. Uh Definitely not Ryan McDonough on Twitter at not Ryan McD put a poll out earlier today and it says, does Montrez Harrell fit well in the Suns? Would you be interested in signing him over, say, Bertans, Gallinari or Wood, depending on what Jeremy Grant does? What mm -hmm. if the options all sign elsewhere? Does he make sense? And then he put a poll out there. And Grant, I, I took this poll a little bit earlier in the day, but at the time he had seven, uh, 72 votes on the poll. 81.9% of the people who voted on this poll said they were not interested in Harrell. Matthew, are we the minority in this? We are. And now I'm rethinking it because I want to be with the group that, you know, I want people to agree with me. But honestly, I think when you bring up Jeremy Grant, I think that is a great fit too. Him and Harrell are the two guys that I really want. But it is kind of crazy. I don't know. Do people not realize what um harold will bring to the team like i i just i'm just don't understand it i don't know it's like aaron baines but better but like he is just so much better than aaron baines i just i don't understand it man maybe because he played on the clippers and they think it's just a situation a better team better ball club maybe because of that but i'm telling you you're gonna get everything you want in this guy as soon as he's throwing on that son's uniform playing the first or second game we're winning we're go two and oh this year who knows Everyone's <laughs> going to love this guy. Sounds like the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Suns Geek, if the Suns bring in Montrose Harrell, does that mean Kelly Oubre's gone? I mean, I think he's gone no matter what. But, um, I mean, I don't think it would be because he's here. Do you think Kelly would be gone because of that reason? Just for money? Money-wise? is that Money, what? I think, would be the only reason. Yeah. If there's some so, way right? where we could sign Montrose Harrell and keep Kelly Oubre, obviously that's the that, that's the slam dunk. That, that means you have... Cam Johnson and Montez Harrell coming in off the bench and our second team unit yeah. is fantastic. I don't know, man. It's, it's tough when you bring Kelly in it. Now it's just like, oh, I don't know. My feelings are involved. I get to, I'm not a good manager. I'm not going to be able to manage this team. So I can't get that involved, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quick. I just wanted to mention Brian Randall joining the Phoenix oh, Suns. Yeah. Um, I don't think that this is something that we have have. Oops, clicked the wrong. Thing yeah, it's there. been a couple weeks. Yeah, it's been it's been a couple yeah. weeks. Um, it's not something that we've mentioned on the podcast uh, as of yet. 
but I thought we'd give a couple minutes and just welcome one of the newest uh, assistant coaches to the team. Uh, Brian Randall, prior to the bubble, um, we said goodbye to Steve Blake and Larry Greer. And then uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, they hired one back and they got Brian Randall. So what are your initial thoughts on him, Matthew? I mean, I trust it. I think Monte's really getting his guys. I mean, the signings of Cameron Payne and all that, I think a lot of it has to do with Monte and James Jones, who they want. This is, I mean, I trust what they're doing now. Excuse me, that's, I don't know. What's it's got to be a motorcycle. I hope that's the motorcycle yeah. in the background and <laughs> not you <laughs> dropping deucers. No, not yet. But anyways, so I think I trust Monte in this. I didn't know a lot about him, honestly, and I kind of thought they would bring back Steve Blake, but who knows what went on between them and the whole team. Uh, so, I mean, I trust this. Um, what do you? What are your initial thoughts? Do you think it's something to do with Carl Anthony Towns coming to the Suns? Is that what's going on? Well, maybe. I mean, you look, he played collegiately at the University of Illinois, played 10 years in Israel, Germany, and Italy, three-time best defender in the, Isra- uh, in the Israeli league where he won a championship, and then he was a Timberwolves assistant video coordinator who became a player development coach. And then he was an assistant coach with the Timberwolves last year. Okay. That's his resume. I have no idea who Brian Randall is. So I'm just going to trust the Suns and what they're doing. Trust them. (laughs) And I saw that he was a defensive guy. And any guy who was, I think he was 6'8 to 6'10, somewhere in there. Uh Uh, Any guy who's a defensive guy, like I said earlier, I love defense. So welcome, Brian Randall, to the Valley of the Suns. I hope you're watching tonight. Yeah, welcome. All right. It's time. For our thoughts, Matthew. Thoughts. Um, brains. All right, our thoughts, Matthew. Did you hear that? I didn't get to hear it. What's that? I didn't even get to hear the music. Oh, I heard it for sure. Yeah. Oh, you did. Okay, I didn't get to hear it. I hope everyone else heard it. It was hilarious. I I didn't even hear this whole podcast. So, well, (laughs) turn up the volume. Um. So I wanted to talk about, obviously, what's going on in the NBA right now. We're in the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals. Uh, We touched on the Eastern Conference Finals a little bit earlier, seeing as the game just ended. Uh, The Heat are now up 3-1 to and looks like they are on their way to the NBA Finals because Boston just can't get by these guys, man. Well, no one really can, but can you still count out Boston? I think it's kind of tricky. I think this team still has it in them. I think they're still looking at the roster. It's like the most complete team. And then you just have this game come up where Tyler Hero just takes over, and then everyone's tweeting about this mother. And then, like, what what I say last week, like, this guy might be better than Devin Booker. I was getting a lot of crap for that. But then he goes out and scores 33 tonight, yeah. hitting ridiculous threes. Like, it's just, it's crazy because I still think Boston has a chance to win. I don't want them to win because I don't want to watch Jason Tatum anymore because I can't consistently get what I want out of the guy. So I want to watch Miami Heat go to the finals. I want to see them versus the Lakers. And I want Miami Heat to take down the Lakers for LeBron leaving the Heat. Everyone keeps forgetting about that, dude. Everyone's forgetting about that, right? Dude, you beat me to my to the point, man. That's exactly where I was gonna go. I oh. like how, how great would it be okay. that the Lakers beat the Nuggets and then they have to play the Heat, and then the Heat deny LeBron. Like how much yeah. bitching and hear from LeBron? LeBron? Yes. Oh yeah. god. He, nudges him out of, he, goes to the, he goes to the locker room, nudges Spolstra on the way to the locker room while Spolstra's holding up the trophy. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. He's walking, LeBron's walking off the court, head down. You can see the monkey <laughs> yeah. on the back of his head. Spolstra just gives us a butt slap. Oh, that's like that's yeah. worth the price of admission right there. Yeah. I know the NBA wants the Celtics and the Lakers just because those are two major cities and it's the rivalry and it'd be a good narrative to sell in the bubble and we they'd shove oh. it down our throats until we couldn't fucking handle it anymore. But... uh <laughs> I'm loving what the Heat are doing. Here's what I don't love. I don't love how I have to hear Bill Simmons on Thursday when he's sitting down with, uh, I think it's, uh, is it cousin? Oh yeah, it's Ryan Masillo on Thursday. Yes. And they'll just be talking like how much they, uh, all he's going to talk about is Tyler Hero. Like, yeah, he's going to man crush on him because uh, he's going to be pissed that he's beaten his Boston Celtics and he's going to adopt Tyler Hero, I think. And he's going to move into Bill Simmons house. Yeah, he'll be like Tyler Hero is a guy that you can definitely build a team around. He, if you're gonna take, he always does. If you take the top three players right now to build a team around Jokic, it's like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, like, like what? It's like he would put Hero on there, and here was another guy on the list we did earlier, the top twenty-five or whatever under to build a team around um, under the age of twenty-five. I think he's one of them that could potentially next year you can see that leap. But I already had a crush on the guy all season. I think the guy is fantastic. You look at his Instagram. He loves the big booty hoes. 
So you got to give him up to that. But honestly, dude, this guy is insane. I think it's just trust within the team, though. The whole team is just feeding off of what Jimmy Butler gives. And what he's giving, really, is just the team an opportunity and the players to do whatever the hell they want, the court, because he trusts them. And then that's where you get the confidence from these guys and what you're seeing from Tyler Hero, because he's shooting threes with Marcus Smart all over him and just nailing them. It's like, you know, you don't see the complaining. Even if he was to miss that shot, you want to see Jimmy Butler or Dragic get on him because I think they just trust that guy that much. And the respect I have for Hero, Hero too, is he's not some guy who, because he shoots a ton of threes, both him and Duncan Robinson. They shoot a ton of threes. They never kick their legs out trying to get the foul. You notice that? Yeah, not yet. Like, Hopefully they never yeah. do. Yeah, not yet. They I love seeing yet. clean basketball. Oh, and it beautiful. annoys, I mean, I was even, I was watching the Western Conference Finals yesterday and Anthony Davis is doing that shit where he's jumping into guys. And it's like, I just, I can't stand that stuff. And then of course they don't call and he turns the ref and, you know, and then he's late on defense and you know, it's yeah. just, it's kind of uh it's pathetic. And that's again, one thing, the thing I like about Miami is the thing I think that the Suns could really emulate. Cause I feel like we have a lot of the similar personalities. Uh, they, they just do it the right way, man. They, they're not bitching. They're not complaining. They're just going out there. They're shooting. They're, they're, they're playing well as a team. They are a team, which is what the Suns were in the yeah. bubble. Like we were one of the reasons we went eight. No, we were a team, one of the best teams, the best team in those eight games. Yeah, and we were quiet about it too. We weren't celebrating. We went eight and no. Of course, we didn't make the playoffs, but that was what it's all about. It's like Miami's like we're either we're holding that trophy and celebrating, or we're not going to celebrate. We're not going to celebrate after these stupid little wins to get to the finals. Like because it doesn't matter because you still have to beat them four times. And this is the team where I, if they're up 3-1, unlike the Clippers, I trust them more than any other team, really, just to get it done and finish everything to make it to the finals. And I think that's what's going to happen with them. But honestly, yeah, up and down. They have Iguodala, which doesn't – I mean, he's playing the defense. But Dragic really, to me – I think we talked about this before, where I think he's going to get paid this summer and be a starter somewhere. But just because of the way he's been playing out of his mind. I mean, I don't know if he's going to come back to Miami or not, but they just have a lot of those players where everyone's going to be – kind of just going after them in the free agent market and just kind of um, just seeing them as someone seeing these players as like a replicant of what they want their team to look like. So, and mm -hmm. like you said, the Suns are that team. It seems like yeah, without the winning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, uh, what are your thoughts on the Western conference finals thus far? Because if you think about it, the Lakers are up two to one, yeah, but if Anthony yeah. Davis doesn't hit that like miracle shot, they're down oh. two to one. It's crazy, right? I mean, it's, it's that easy to be down two to one, but I think a lot of people are overlooking just LeBron is kind of, I think managing his rest. Remember he did this two years ago when they played against the Celtics and then he was managing every other game where he wouldn't give it his all to the next game. Do you feel yep. like he's doing that right now? I mean, they almost lost the last game before this game before the last uh, two games ago. So the one you're saying where Anthony Davis hit the three to win the game. I think that, if they miss that, if he misses that, it's a completely game, different game in game three. I think the Lakers come out and just steamroll them. I don't think they go down by 20. It's just, I think LeBron took the night off this last game, kind of in a way. He still put up the stats, but instead of throwing down the big dunks, he was throwing off the backboard with the little finger rolls. So I think he was just kind of resting a little bit. No, I agree. I mean, he's 35. He's almost 36 years old. And you're starting to see a little of that fatigue. And I think that that's one thing that LeBron's done really well during his career is had the ability to manage himself during a game and have the ability to rest during a game. He's going three point line to three point line. He's picking and choosing when he's going to the basket. And on those games where he's taking a night off, he's making layups, not, you know, fast break dunks. And he can do that on a team like this because he has the Anthony Davises of the world. What killed him, obviously, this last game is they had no rebounding at whatsoever. And Jamal Murray finally figured out. He's like, oh, shit, I'm the key to us winning because they're going to do everything they can to neutralize Jokic. Um, I'm really interested to see where this series goes because I feel like this could be a seven-game series because of that reason. Because it is, as I've been saying the whole time with – the Los Angeles Lakers, they're a two-headed monster. And if one of those heads is a little off one night, you know, Dow, uh, Denver is a team that is a complete team, much akin to the Heat, and they can beat you in a lot of different ways. Uh, Jeremy Grant, we talked about him. He's a guy who's pricing himself out of the market, I feel. Oh, I feel like yeah. somebody oh, we yeah. talked about back in, like, April, we'd be like, you know what? We'd love to get Jeremy Grant on the Phoenix Suns. He's pricing <laughs> himself out of the market with his performance in the finals because he's realized, and I think Denver's realized, that if he plays well, they'll win. And he's got to be that X factor for them to win because they're going to try to take Jokic away, and they're going to try to play hard defense on Jamal Murray. So Jeremy Grant's kind of the guy. Yeah, they, they doubled the guy, too. I mean, if you're getting doubled, you're going to be paid big bucks, too. And it just really quick, if I hear one more thing about these guys being tired and not finishing a game, I, does it make sense to you? It's just like they haven't played much basketball this year. 
And I, they're not even playing back to backs. They're playing every other night. Like, how can these guys be so tired? I know you're playing 42 minutes, 43 minutes of the game, but does it matter anymore? The season, like everyone wants to rest so much, but does it matter anymore? Like, I just, I we're hearing that the players are tired, even though after the longest break ever in sports history, and these guys come back and play, and they're just like they're saying they're tired. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it. Well, that's what they were saying after the Clippers lost. Was that was. Uh, a ding against load management. They're like, it doesn't matter about load management. They're still fucking winded, you know? Yeah, and know. and, and, and Todd, Todd in the chat said it too. No travel either. So it's like, why are you guys so goddamn tired? Like, I get it. It's a physical sport. It's it's intense. But uh, yeah. I mean, isn't that what you guys are training for the whole season? Yeah, I know. I, it just, you can't hear that excuse anymore. It just drives me crazy, man. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get tired. You're going to get tired, I guess. That's the way it is. It's like, whether you played a game yesterday or 200 days ago, you're still going to get tired. I don't know. All right, so I got this one for you, okay? Because you're the LeBron lover on the podcast for sure. Yeah. So LeBron, LeBron's complaining about his amount of votes for MVP. This is what he said. It pissed yeah. me off. That's my answer. It pissed me off because out of 101 votes, I got 17 first place votes. That's what pissed me off more than anything. I'm not saying that the winner wasn't deserving of the MVP, but that pissed me off. I finished second in a lot of my career from either a championship and now four times as the MVP. What are your thoughts on LeBron being pissed off about getting 16 votes for the fucking MVP, you big you know, fucking baby? <laughs> you know what? I mean, Giannis won it fair and square. I think we all voted for Giannis. They had the best record in the NBA. He was the best player throughout the season. LeBron is the best player. Of course, if you're going to build a, a team around a player right now for like the next two years, I'm going to pick LeBron. I'm just going to pick him. I think him and Anthony Davis are two of the top three guys. Giannis is number two on my list, but honestly, the season Giannis had, don't take it away from him. LeBron, like he's trying to get those, those wins in right now. He's trying to get the awards in before he retires, just to have that list of accomplishments completed. That's what he's trying to do next year. He can do it, but honestly, LeBron has such a great year and to get 16 votes. I think that was a little bit more than I think he should have got. I'm not saying that Giannis should have ran away with it, but I think Giannis deserved the MVP for sure. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? I know you just pretty much <laughs> rattled up a bunch of f bombs. Just saying. <laughs> so here's what I think of LeBron. Uh, try focusing on not being so goddamn tired in the fourth quarter, and uh, you know less about how many MVP votes you got. You know, you never heard Jordan sitting around complaining about MVP votes. Le- Michael Jordan won the MVP five times. He could have won it, won it like eight or nine. They were giving it away in the mid '90s, man. Like Charles Barkley deserved the MVP in '93. I I believe that. But when they gave it to like Carl Malone in the late 90s when Jordan was being Jordan, it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. Here's what I love about that quote though. He says, I finished second a lot in my career, either from a championship or now four times as MVP. Hey LeBron, how about you tell us how many times you've came, come in second in the championship? Six, motherfucker. That's how many times Jordan won the NBA Finals. Now I get it. LeBron's been to the finals, you know, nine times. That makes him the great. No, he's lost six of them. Okay, he's too tired to finish it off. He's too tired trying to count his MVP votes and w- instead of worrying about ways to win. Now, granted, and I'm not going to go down the whole LeBron ba- uh, debate, you know, like, well, you know, in, in, in the beginning of his career, he had, what, Ilgoskis on his team? Like, I get it, okay? He's had to carry the load in so many different ways. It's unbelievable. But seeing him bitch and moan about MVP votes, it's like, come on, LeBron. Fuck MVP votes, man. You're in there. You're, you're fighting for a title right now. You're fighting to continue your legacy, and you're sitting there. T- he said pissed off three times in there. I'm pissed off. He said pissed off so many times. Yeah, I, th- I think their energy, though, too, in the bubble is a little bit more different, especially when you heard Paul George saying he's in a dark place and stuff. This is stuff you don't really hear from these players. I feel like if it was out in the open and we didn't have this pandemic, I don't think we would really have the same response from LeBron. But I think just making the finals that many times he did is still really, really tough. So... I don't understand why he would be so pissed off. I think the whole league knew Giannis would win. So, yeah, Giannis should be angry. He didn't get those votes. Yeah, Giannis should be angry. He didn't get those votes. I agree. I mean, he should have been unanimous. He was the defensive player of the year. It's a regular season award, LeBron. Like, you you could win the postseason MVP. That's the one that matters, dude. So just let it go. And we've talked about LeBron way too long on a Suns Jam Session podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. We got just a few minutes left here. So... Let's fire up just one of these just for fun, just because we like to say no. I think it's time for our Dumb Trade of the Week. You hear that one? Yeah, I turned my volume up. 
All right, cool. <laughs> All right, so of course, Bleacher Report is in the process of putting a, together a bunch of different trade ideas. That we have one that says one offseason trade idea for every NBA team. We have another that says the best trade every NBA team can actually make the off in this offseason. So Matthew, we'll choose one of these for this podcast. Should we go for the one off offensive or the one offseason trade idea for every NBA team, or the best trade every NBA team can make the first this offseason? Okay, so so in this one, Bleacher Report suggests that the Sacramento Kings are the team that we court via trade, and we give up Kelly Oubre Jr. and Cameron Johnson. What do we receive in return, you might ask? Well, I'm going to tell you. We'll get Nemanja Bitsalitsa. I can never say that dude's name. How do you say it? It's Bitsalitsa, right? I've never had to pronounce his name, so I don't know. Yeah, it's well, he's a decent power forward. And Marvin Bagley. So we get Bitsalitsa and Marvin Bagley, and we give up Kelly Oubre Jr. and Cameron Johnson. Matthew Lissy, what are your thoughts? Okay, so I actually I like this one. It's not dumb trade of the week for me. I know obviously you're saying Cameron Johnson, Kelly Oubre, but okay, the one thing it was with Marvin Bagley. If he can stay healthy, I think he can be like a third team All NBA guy. I really think he could be, and it would be awesome to have him and DeAndre Aiden playing together starting. And then, <laughs> and then you have them beat Luka Doncic in the finals, or not in the finals, <laughs> but in the playoffs. And it would then be it's great. just like three guys before Doncic beat him. That's what it takes to beat Doncic. Um, but honestly, I I kind of like it just because I think Marvin Bagley's ceiling is so high compared to Cameron Johnson and Kelly Oubre. Cameron Johnson, of course, is great. I mean, he's good for what he where he was picked. He fulfilled his role, all that. But I think Marvin Bagley, his ceiling is too high as long as he can stay healthy. So I kind of like this trade. Sorry, I'm weird about it, but I like it. You're weird about a lot of things. It's all good. It is B. Alitza. So I did it right. I just can't get his first name right. Oh, it's Name and Yah. Name and This isn't a horribly, a horrible, a horribly horrible trade, I guess. I do like Marvin Bagley. I am in the camp, though, of. Dude, the guy is always injured. You look at Cam Johnson, he's been injured too, man. You know, and uh, I think Marv Bags is actually younger than Cameron Johnson. So the Kelly Oubre contract is going to be moved some way, someday, somehow. And uh, I don't know if I could necessarily give up on Johnson at this point, but I can definitely support getting Marvin Bagley here some way because I do think that. Uh, him as a power forward next to DeAndre Ayton would be pretty funny to go oh, up against. Awesome. I don't think people realize how great that would be, but the two yeah. people that are listening, like, come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sons Geek, Bagley and Ayton, Twin Towers 2.0. Oh, wow. That lasted, yeah. I think that lasted a year, right? Or two years? Couple, couple. Yeah. So uh, there you go. That's our dumb trade of the week, which isn't technically a dumb trade of the week, I guess. Um, let's hit one mailbag question and then we'll get out of here. Uh, we actually got a really good one from Todd about the cap, and I think I want to hit that next show. So we'll go with uh, one from Vladimir Babin. So you can always email us these questions, sunsjamsession at gmail.com. Uh, Vladimir Babin says, which of these former Suns legends would do best in the current NBA, Barkley, Matrix, Stat, or Nash? I think we got this question before. Is this a cut to so. Yeah, I don't know because I, I I had an issue or a hard time actually ch- choosing between uh, the Matrix and Steve Nash and Barkley and stats. So <laughs> you know I couldn't choose, but I chose the Matrix. I think last time we answered this just because he can do so much, and I think he'd be more appreciated in his role right now in the NBA. So I'm gonna go with the Matrix, my least favorite player on the list. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Matrix too. Let's just get that one over with. Oh, I like what card <laughs> cards took that W said in the chat in the chat. How about Ubre for Bagley? Straight up. Yeah, I would do that. So, so no Cam Johnson though. I don't. I don't know. I mean, if we had to give up Cam Johnson, I would say yes. Sorry, I know the potential's there. He's great, but Bagley is feeling so. So are nice. you saying Johnson for Bagley? That would never happen. No Johnson and Ubre. Oh really? Well, if they if we could give up Ubre for Bagley straight up, I would do it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I want to. Uh, no Ubre and Johnson for Bagley. Ooh, I have to think on that one. No way. They, well, they fire their GM and they're falling apart in Sacramento. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? Well, uh, I think that's it for this round, Matthew. Uh, you anything? Anything else going on? You watching anything new? Oh, you know what's really funny? The last three days, I watched uh, the one who flew over the cuckoo's nest twice. It's the first time I've ever seen that movie. Have you I've watched seen that? that? A long time. Yeah, I've, I've never seen that. it. Is that Jack Nicholson? Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought it was hilarious. You watched some weird shit, man. Um, <laughs> well, I've been watching, thank you for asking, but I've been watching, um, <laughs> baseball. 
baseball. Yeah, so the Dodgers. Have, yeah. Well, the the Dodgers have clinched the division, which whoopty fucking do. But more importantly, uh, both of my fantasy baseball league teams. One, I'm fighting for third place, and the other, I'm in a, a shot for first place. So I'm literally watching and counting because in that league, it's all about points, and I might win the league first time ever. So. Well, I'm very happy for you. I'm in those leagues as well. And uh, Lou just collected my money today, so I don't think I did very good. <laughs> oh, wah, wah, wah. Poor Matthew. <laughs> what? what? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it for the Suns Jam Session podcast. We appreciate everyone who watched our live stream, whether it be on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're watching it. If you're listening to the podcast, whatever platform you're listening to the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network on, please subscribe as well. We thoroughly appreciate it. Uh, thank you ever so much. Uh, this beer's done, so I got to go get another one, Matthew. So I'm out. All right, everyone, go home and love your family. Amen. Take care. <laughs>